0: Dude, did you did you did you listen to that last episode? I did listen to it, yeah. Dude, the ending, the last 5 minutes were making me laugh so hard again. I mean, we were both laughing when we were doing it, but yeah. I was
1: laughing hard. The three questions.
0: It was the three questions, but then leading into it was like the just trying to do something nice
1: for your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to oh. the dream. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. God damn it, really?
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome.
1: Uh, Should we, man, we're, we're quite backlogged on emails. Should we read some of these? Let's check out some emails. Let's go to the email bag, as it were. Okay, Dr. Marianne. He says hi clinton bob fairly new to the podcast just discovered bob's music in april i've been taking an incredibly deep dive into the archives and loving it i absolutely love the variety a song for every mood and emotion i'd love to hear some works that include the two of you can you provide any direction regarding frunk shows love the podcast they serve my gen x add soul well thanks for making me smile maria
0: yes there's plenty of frunk shows clint would know better than i would but before we go there okay Uh, there's some incredible guitar playing that you did, most notably on the song Montgomery. Uh, Was that on King Kong or is that on... That's King Kong. It's on King Kong. Yeah, there's some amazing guitar playing that Clint did on that record. But that solo that you did on Montgomery is just incredible. But I think... I think you played on that whole record,
1: right? I did the whole record for that for King Kong and Burden of Proof. So those are the, if you want to hear it on record, those are the two records for yeah. for Frank. Pretty much any of the national band touring from like 2012 to 2015 or 16. Pretty much any of those would be me that aren't in Texas.
0: Yeah, anything outside of Texas is all Clint, and uh, there's some wonderful stuff there. And you can find all of that on bobschneider.com, and then just look for Frunk, or live shows.
1: Uh, thanks, Maria. And, and you know, the whatever the Saxon shows I've done, those are probably pretty fun to listen to also, because there's a lot of talking and jokes, and a lot of Becky and Ethel shit. and There is, but I just don't know what when those... Sh- they're I, so random. No clue, yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, because what I used to do is I'd come into town from Nashville, and before a tour, I would do a Monday night with you guys. And then a lot of times after a tour, I'd stay and do whatever the next Monday night was, too. So right that, those details are lost to time, my friend. Uh, Tim Hoeft writes, question for both of yous. He says, how do you see your retirement? Are you going to keep playing until they take you off stage in a body bag or gracefully bow out like Rush? Or make final tours until someone offers you more money, a la Kiss or Motley Crue. Bob, come back to Minneapolis. Tim. Uh, I love what
0: I do. Um, As long as I'm doing what I'm doing now, which is writing new songs and performing new material, along with the old material, I will always do what I'm doing. The only reason I would ever stop is if I was forced to play old material. That's not fun. And uh, I would... But I don't know what I would do. I will never stop doing what I'm doing now. Is, I will do it
1: my entire life. I love what I do. Could you ever, like, would you ever stop touring and maybe just play regionally and then do art? Or, write, or just write poetry or write a book or something?
0: No. I will always play. And I like... I'm not crazy about traveling, but I love playing in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always joked about like, oh, if I could just sit at home and like live stream shows to different places, I would. But that's not true. There's something wonderful about going to Portland and playing in front of the people, you know, that want to see me play in Portland or Seattle. I don't like getting there is a pain in the ass. But once you're there, it's
1: fun and great. And I love it. Good answers. Let's see. Let's move on here. Michael Volk says the subject. Is, Wait,
0: what, but what? What about you? What do you? What? what how do you feel about retirement? Because you, you you do a slightly different thing.
1: Yeah. Um. You know. I don't know. I'll always make music. I've given my whole life to music, and uh, that that'll be my story for sure. And uh, you know, it's always been the number one thing in my life. But what about
0: what about touring for people? Like occasionally. I mean, obviously, if you if you got like some magical touring gig that you loved that, that of course you're going to do that. But I'm talking about like where you get a gig that you're not crazy about, but you're doing it for the money.
1: No, I'm I'm, I'm in this year in particular, I'm, I'm pivoting more towards songwriting and uh, producing and, and trying to position myself so that in about 10 or 15 years, I'm not really having to be on the road. So for me, that looks like publishing songwriting, podcasting, being creative from more of a home base being near my family. But, you know, this year, I'm no longer working with the country guy that I was working for. So this year is really me leaving myself more open for writing, producing, and then hopefully being able to make music with people like you. If You know what I mean? Like, I reached out to maybe five people whose music I like. and Because I haven't been able to really play music I liked in about four years. So the only touring I'm doing this year is with people that I like and music that I enjoy. And uh, so I don't know. I mean... I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing it, dude. <laughs> I'm glad that my wife has a normal job. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I've painted myself in the corner. I, we're, I'm, we're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. I mean, I could do art, but if I was
0: just painting or just doing art, I would get so... I would
1: crave the attention and excitement of playing live. Right, right. And I don't think I have that as much, although I do like performing, but if i'm gonna be out there man i like being with my friends i like being with people that i can have a conversation with when we're not doing our job absolutely because so much of that is not being on stage you're only on stage for like an hour and a half think about all the shit we're doing when we're out there and you're only on stage for an hour and a half
0: yeah most of the gig of touring is hanging out with people so if you're not crazy about the people you're hanging out
1: with then it's a long gig especially if you're away from your family Or away for just and even not to be that sentimental, but like I like being in my studio where all my shit is. I like all my records and my books and my gear and my instruments. It's my fucking home, you know. Yeah. Um, All right. Thanks for the question, Tim. Michael Volk says hi. Bob and Clint love the podcast. Bob is the artist that I've seen the most live, probably twenty times, maybe more. As an aside, I've been listening to the Californian a lot recently. I dig the rock sound, energy, and production on that album. I've seen Bob play with numerous guitar players over the years. Bob, you seem to get rock solid guitar talent. I loved Billy Harvey's playing, and Jeff Plankinghorn was so good. A few years ago, I saw Bob at Sam's Burger Joint in San Antonio with this outrageous guitar player who I'd never seen before. Turns out it was David Grissom. That guy was from another realm. Questions. Bob, how do you recruit guitar talent? What was your vibe for recording The Californian? And if you could put together a super group of musicians to support you for a one time concert, who would you pick? Michael, he goes on this whole litany of people who play guitar for you. doesn't mention me one fucking time. How do you feel about that? Well, not great. Oh, let's see. Billy Harvey, great. Uh, Jeff Plankinghorn, so good. This one guy at Sam's Burger Joint was from another realm. I like the fact that you called him Jeff Plankyhorn. Jeff Plankthorn, and then Billy Gnarly's, and then that one. Who was the other guy from another realm? What was his name?
0: David Grissom. Well, I've been very fortunate to get to play with some some of the best guitar players around, and I will say Clint Wells is the best of all of them. Thank God, he, he's by far the best. And and I mean, <laughs> we're talking about David Grissom. There's stuff David Grissom can do that nobody else but David Grissom can do. He is one of the greatest guitar players to ever play guitar, and I and 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 I love David, and I think he. He's amazing, and I feel fortunate to be able to have played with him. And we ended up using Clint Wells' solo on Montgomery after David Grissom was in the studio recording that. Yeah,
1: that's one of my favorite things about that solo, isn't even my performance. It's that he had already played the Guitar Hero of the Guitar Player of the Year award solo. And I was like, man, I think you guys need to let me take a pass at this, man. And you guys did, and it was the better one. And that's the only time that will ever happen to me because for people who don't know, man, I mean David Grissom has his own signature guitars that people buy. Uh well, he, he's a guy he's a guy that guitar players freak about. He's well known for sure. He's amazing. He's truly an amazing guitar player.
0: Uh, but here's the here's the other thing about me that I don't know if you I, I, I'm sure you know, but maybe most people don't know I don't like guitar like it's not my like I don't like I don't like Rush I don't like uh, uh Steve Satriani I don't like Jeff <laughs> Beck I don't like guitar like guitar soloy bullshit I just don't like any of that but I love what you can do with a guitar you can do stuff with a guitar that you can't do with any other instrument and if you have a So then, because you can do so much with it, I like very specific things that you can do, and so I love what you do with guitar because you kind of you you are kind of you don't go to the extreme like weird shit like John Sanchez or Billy Harvey, and you don't go super traditional like Jeff Plankenhorn. And kind of David, Gris- not David Grissom, because again, he's in his own category, but you're kind of somewhere in the middle where you kind of use the broad range of what you can do with the guitar. And I love it. And you you bring this, uh, like when you when I started playing guitar with you, it was the first time ever that I was like, oh, this is what these songs should sound like. Like they'd never sounded like I'd heard them in my mind until you started playing with me.
1: Well, i yeah, I and I'm kind of more known as a texture guy. I was never the guy to go up and do sixteen bars of Van Halen shit. I have a little bit of v- vocabulary for that, so no like, dude, you walk. have a lot of vocabul- you can do all that guitar hero shit, but yeah, it's your texture stuff that I fell in love with when I saw you playing with uh our good buddy with Griffin Griffin Griffins, yes. yeah, and that's what I like to play, and your songs your songs they require that in my opinion. I think if you got someone just wailing through your songs, it doesn't really work. No, my favorite guy that I've ever seen with you, and I love John Sanchez. I love watching him play. One of my favorite things that I've ever seen is watching him play the Montgomery solo. Because I was like, wow, I was like watching a great guitar player play that solo. It felt like wow, because he played it note for note. I'm yeah, like, shit, man.
0: He learned he learned your solo like it was fucking the solo from Hotel California, and he plays it that way every
1: time but i liked uh, i always like i think i've seen you with billy once or twice and that was exciting and speaking of the californian he pro- did he produce the californian no the californian he produced i'm good now right he produced i'm good now after i'm good
0: now he left the band and but before he left the band we had been playing together for 6 years at that point and the band felt really solid, and and we had a real chemistry. So I wanted to go into the studio and kind of record a live album of the band playing a bunch of the repertoire that we'd been playing, kind of to showcase what the band was at the time, which was Billy Harvey, Raphael Gaio on drums, Dirk Morrison, keyboards, Bruce and me. And uh so we went in, we recorded like 24, 25 songs. We ended up only using like 10 or 11 of them on the Californian because we realized if we just put these songs together, it'll be kind of like a rock record because the other 13 songs that didn't go on the record were all over the place. There were some country songs, some reggae songs, some rap songs. What were some of those songs? Still Life, which you've never heard.
1: There's still life even after you're gone. I have heard that song because I, when I first met you, you wouldn't send me what songs to learn, so I literally learned all of your fucking songs. Well, that, that were available, and so I bought some weird iTunes version of Perfect Day, or whatever record that was on.
0: It was never on a record. It was supposed to be on California, and, and it just never got put on there.
1: Well, I don't know how I've heard it, but you you talk about tampons in that song. I know that.
0: Yeah, there's an old box of Kotex in the closet, <laughs> or some bullshit. It's like basically like when you look and there's a bunch of empty hangers in your closet after your fucking girlfriend moves out yeah it's pretty rough, but they're still life even after you're gone. Let me ram it home, bitches. <laughs> Let me ram home this still life idea. They're still life even after i f- can't write a song without trying to be clever.
1: All right. Have you ever played that song
0: live a million times back in the day when I wrote it? Mm. back in two thousand and five. Yeah.
1: So the other question is, uh, you could have one super group. Who are you putting in the supergroup band for the one night only? Clint Wells. Like, uh, love it. Like it.
0: Love it. Bruce Hughes on bass. Uh, Conrad Chacroon. Sorry, Wayne Salzman. Uh, on drums. Or maybe Wayne. Maybe half
1: the show with Wayne and half the show with Conrad. Is is Wayne the top half or the bottom half of the of the cyborg you're He's making? Definitely the top half. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Conrad is definitely a bottom. And then uh and then on keyboards uh That dude who plays on your records is pretty good. Well, there's David Boyle or there's John Ginty, but I'd probably say David Boyle, yeah and then as a as a uh as a side guy as an all arounder I'd probably have i if I could I'd just have Ollie come out and do some stuff every once in a while
1: yeah i I always thought ollie was a a nice a nice treat in your live show, yeah Elizabeth writes the subject by the way is paintings. Hi, Clint. Hi, Bob. The podcast is always a highlight of my week, and that's not an exaggeration. You're both thoughtful and hilarious, and I appreciate you letting us in. Question is for Bob related to your artwork. When you were trying to copy a particular artist's painting, like some of the examples you've shared, what do you do with your paintings afterwards? What are you currently working on? Would you ever consider selling these? And then she writes, zip. Zip. Caught your last show at the Granada and really enjoyed the new songs. Clint, as always, you rock. Sad that I'll miss the third annual medal of your podcast party, but hope to make it someday. Elizabeth from Weatherford, Texas, New Jersey, which is an inside joke from my other podcast. So, are you, do you yeah, where do these paintings go when you're doing this series of learning these different methods? A lot of them went towards Christmas gifts this year.
0: Uh, and that's probably what will happen. I, I don't think I'll be painting very many more of those. Uh... I did 12 of them. Uh, About eight of them got shipped off uh, for Christmas presents. So the idea of selling them isn't uh, appealing to me. I mean, I could. I I get a lot of people that want them um, because they're cool to have. I like having them myself. I like hanging up. I like the idea of having a a Picasso in my house or a Van Gogh because I can't afford the original, obviously. So I'll I'll keep them. I, I don't think I'll sell them.
1: For people who have never been to your house, which is I'm assuming most people, uh your house is completely covered in artwork, in your artwork, right? So Well some some of it's mine, but uh I I, I collect a lot of art as well. That's true. That's true. What do you do when you wanna put new things up? Do you cycle some stuff out? Yeah. At this point I gotta take something down if I wanna put something new up. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Thanks for the nice words, Elizabeth. I really appreciate that she wrote in. We got a few more of these. Are we still on the email train? Yeah, let's let's keep going. Hi, Bob. This is from Mariano Reynoso. This is, hi, Bob and Clint. I hope 2020 goes the best way possible for both of you and your families. For my wife, nine-year-old daughter, and me, the year ended with Bob at the Paramount. I loved how Bob took us back probably 20 years or more playing King of the World and many other oldies. I've been following Bob since the late '90s, and I don't ever remember him playing "King of the World" live. It's crazy to think that some of those songs have been around for so long. I love you guys, and please keep entertaining us for many more years. Mariano, Bob's number one blind follower, and he says "blind" is in Stevie Wonder. So this is one of your one of your fans that's a blind cat.
0: Oh yeah, I think I know who that. I, yeah, I think I know who you are. Uh, thanks so much. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, reminiscing with me and the band. Uh, yeah. At some point during the day before that show, I was like, you know what? Let's just go back and play the songs that were on Lonely Land and I'm Good Now and Lovely Creatures. I, I tend to play a lot of new stuff. And there's plenty of places to see me play new stuff, like the Saxon Pub or just any of my regular shows. I, I always am playing a lot of new stuff. And I was like, you know what? We're bringing in a new year. There's going to be a lot of changes Hopefully this year there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. Why not like just play the old stuff that people know and love and like that's how they learned about me originally and and uh, so I don't normally do that. So I really enjoyed playing King of the World and uh, Golden the Sunset and I don't know Round and Round whatever we played uh, from those early records. It felt good. It was like chicken soup for the soul kind of
1: did you have to relearn it any of that stuff
0: no dude i've played that music so many times it's just there like i don't even have to like that's really the only stuff that i've memorized like on my deathbed mm. i'll be able to play that stuff
1: <laughs> i always liked gold in the sunset we would play we were playing that a lot when i started working with you all right uh let's keep going k sanders says uh clinton bob bob i need some advice lol can you recommend a podcast that comes close to being as funny as I'm okay, you're okay. If either of you give a shit what I like, zip, check out Awards Chatter and Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom. For the record, Zip, okay, and Gaffney Plumbing never get old. Clint, do you still have the same bug guy, Kay Sanders? What were those two podcasts again? Uh, she's She says that her favorites are, other than ours, of course, are Awards Chatter, which I've never heard of, and one called Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom, which I'm assuming is a true crime. Man, true crime podcasts are so popular right now, man. Yeah. We should do one. And then
0: we'd be one of 10,000 new crime podcasts that have been released in the last year.
1: I think this podcast is a true crime podcast, bro. Crime of the heart. It's just very different. It's just a very different take on crime podcast genre.
0: It's a crime
1: the way people are sometimes it's a perfect crime i like crime of the heart that's good dude you know what i've been watching
0: lately is fucking monty python uh the either flying circus or now for something completely different which i'd never Mm -hmm. really watched before i'd only watched their movies dude those shows are when they're good they're so good and it's really what uh uh what was the show mr show on hbo they just mm-hmm. basically copied that format for Mr. Yeah.
1: Show. Bob Odenkirk and David Cross.
0: But dude, there's some skits on Monty Python where it's, you know, it's all dudes, where there's there's one in particular that I just saw, and it's just two ladies talking, and
1: it's Becky
0: and Ethel, dude.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I'll have to check that out. I've I've never really liked, I don't really like British humor very much. Well, there's a lot of it that's not, that falls kind of
0: flat that maybe was better, you know, in 1969 or 1972 yeah, whenever of, it came out. of the out. time. Of the time, for but sure. But there's some stuff that's still just
1: amazing. I'll need to check that out for sure. Thanks, Kay, for the nice words. It's nice to hear that the zip and the, okay, and the Gaffney plumbing bits don't get old for okay. her. I'm, I'm always afraid that... Those things are extremely boring. Dude, we haven't, I haven't done okay in forever,
0: but I do okay all the time with my daughter because she's insane, by the way. She's four, and she comes up with, hey, do you want just a pound of sugar now? And then the only thing I can say is, okay,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, do you want more syrup and butter on your pancakes now? Uh, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you want yes. to try the most delicious thing you've ever had in your life now? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> pretty good, dude. It's uh, a pretty funny bit. Crimes of the Heart. Well, we have more emails. Should we keep reading these? God. I mean, I, uh, yeah. And I like the I fact mean, that we're getting some emails from some of the ladies. We like hearing from a lady. All right, this one's not from a lady. This is from Ron B. Greetings from South Austin. Dear Clint and Bob Bob Dear Clint Bob and Bob Bob is what he says Wow, okay I uh-huh. guess I'm Clint Bob You're Bob Bob I really love the podcast Thanks for the fun I recently found it and have binged all the episodes My app places them in reverse order which is a weird way to binge but I'm really lazy Clint, I was not familiar with you until the podcast but I love your guitar work on the intro and outro I'll, jef- I'll definitely check out your stuff well, there's like a hundred songs on my SoundCloud page that are all free to download, mostly written in Bob's Song Club. Uh, he says, Bob, I and my family love your music. I must say that my kids learned a lot of bad words. Have we read this email before? I don't know. Let's just keep reading it. I must say my kids learned a lot of bad words because I was sometimes slow to reach the volume knob while rocking out to King Poncho. By the way, my wife and I just caught your holiday shows at ACL Live. What fun. Bob, I was thinking about you talking about how you like to imagine superheroes doing mundane, everyday things. I think that's why I dig the podcast. I have a good family and a steady job, but it's really cool to see celebrities facing many of the same things I do as an average dude. I see a parallel there. Any thoughts? I love what y'all do and what y'all are doing with the podcast. No buts. Keep it up, please. Ron Bob in very far South Austin. Huh? Thanks, Ron Bob. Thanks, Ron Bob. Uh, so he says that uh, you thinking about mon- superheroes doing mundane things, it, it's interesting for him to see because he feels like an average dude and you are a famous dude. And
0: Well, we definitely, and- we definitely live in this society where people think that if you're a celebrity that you're somehow different than a regular person, but that's just not the case. Everybody's the same. So Brad Pitt is just like everybody else, but because he's Brad Pitt and because you've had all these really emotionally charged experiences, very intimate uh, experiences with him in your bedroom, in your living room or in the theater or wherever uh, you think that there's, that they're what they are on screen, but they're just acting on screen. That's not who they are in real life. Just like me, I'm not the guy that's on stage saying all that crazy shit. I'm a normal dude at home with my family. I'm uh, now am I you know cool enough to where you're going to take your name and add my name at the end of it? Yeah. <laughs> but again, we're just everybody's just everybody's the same. We're all just normal people. So, yeah, I I I I like the idea of having a superhero movie where not a dish is broken. Like I that's cool to me. And uh, I like the idea of using uh, superheroes or religious figures in songs where they're just, uh, you know, trying to get through the day.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's cool. I really like that, man. I like everything you just said, bro. Yeah, boy.
0: (laughs) Dude, if you just say boy at the end of a sentence, you're basically saying fuck you. You could just say boy, and then you're kind of saying like a little bit of a fuck you every time. You know what I'm saying? Boy. Yes, did and that dan is in an aside, point.
1: Do you ever hear that bit that David Cross did where they were in a restaurant and they were they were adding bitch to every line? And no, but I'll, how how long they could go. Oh, I love it. Like, what do you be having? Um, I think I'm going to start with the uh, Caesar salad bitch. And then, uh, <laughs> I think after that, I'm going to have the filet mignon bitch. And uh, <laughs> s- just when you get a moment, no rush. If you could refill the water when you come back by, bitch. Uh, <laughs> And they were doing it whether it was a female or a male server. The idea is, you know, it's similar to what you're saying. Like, yeah. how long could you get away with saying boy? <laughs> Throwing uh, a boy in there at the end.
0: Dude, I love that. I'm, I don't know. That's the thing about, that's the thing about our culture right now. We're going to lose that.
1: It's pretty much already gone. It's uh, been stomped out. Uh, such a bummer. Pretty funny, though. Real funny. Uh... Have you seen This is old stuff But have you seen This bowler He was like the bad boy Of bowling And he won some thing And then he like Flipped out on the audience Have you ever seen this Uh uh And then he wins some award And he's like on Live TV Accepting it And he drops it And it breaks into A million pieces (laughs) What made me think about this, and he's just clearly extremely embarrassed, but they had already pre-recorded the, like, credit rolls, so the credits are rolling, and he's just sitting there looking extremely embarrassed and mortified, (laughs) because he had just broken it when they ended the show. That sounds so good. But what made me think about it is this is, like, from the late 80s or early 90s. And one of the things he says when he wins this trophy is he wins, like, $30,000 or something, too. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, this is going to come in handy. I'm getting married to my fiance, Karen, you know. Now when people announce really mundane things like, oh, I'm getting married, everyone, like, gives them a standing ovation. Right. That's another hallmark of, like, current... We've just been doused with reality TV fake bullshit for so long. It's just, like... People always make these grand statements. Producers really church him up. and It was just nice to see him announce he was getting married, and no one clapped. Everyone was like, oh, cool, whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> no one cares that you're getting married, and that's how it should be. Right. Your family should care. A bunch of strangers shouldn't. Here's what I care about. You just broke that fucking trophy that they gave you. Dude, that's so good. You got to look it up. I'll send you a link, because he, he just has to stand there. He doesn't even try to pick it up. It shattered into a million pieces. <laughs> Uh, Well, once again, Bob, these really fly when we're having a good time. We're out of time again.
0: Well, I guess until next time, I'm Bob Schneider and my uh, buddy Clint Wells. Check out our other podcasts, uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, uh, Clint's wonderful podcast that he's uh, just done now for three years, which is crazy. Or my podcast, Song Club, which is uh, pretty close to three years as well, which is weird. And... um, Until next time, uh, thanks for joining us. Peace.
1: Yeah, peace.